following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another exciting episode right here inside the Jackal's Head, live once again on psn-radio.com and of course the world famous showflowradio.com and I hope everybody's uh, checking out the show tonight nice and cozy, ready for what should be an otherwise interesting week in the world of weird Folks, it's uh, November 22nd, 2019, and the world is not getting any easier by no means. It's getting a lot harder to uh, survive, so hopefully you guys are doing safe and sound and uh, are taking care of each other one way or another, because right now, folks, we all need each other to survive. That's right, folks, we're in that kind of uh, scenario in our lives that if we don't, Help each other out. We're doomed to fail separately. You know, Kate had a very interesting show tonight. Uh, shout out to Kate on Around the Campfire. She was talking about, of course, surviving the, the possible upcoming takeover of this country and the upcoming disasters that we might be facing uh, when it comes to the uh, overall uh, pandemic, uh, the leftist uh, takeover of America. Whatever it is you guys want to talk uh, about uh, when it comes to the possible crisis that we're facing, it's real, folks. And, uh, you know, mandated lockdowns, uh, mandated mask wearing, all that stuff is uh, just another step closer to socialism, communism, and all kinds of isms, which we really don't want in this country. Take it from somebody who left uh, communist Cuba as a kid with this mother uh, just to be able to enjoy the freedoms that unfortunately some people in this country take for granted. But with that said, we have an excellent show tonight, and I have a, a wonderful guest who's going to, oh, actually two amazingly wonderful guests who are going to join us tonight, and we're going to talk about something a little bit different than the, the usual uh, norm uh, here on the show. Now, uh, before I get to them, uh, there's a couple clips I want to play also that I'm going to get to, uh, which are interesting indeed. Um, you know, it's safe, to, it's safe to say that right now we're facing uh, really interesting times, and getting the perspective of everybody involved is very important, no matter, you know, if you're white, black, Democrat, whatever, uh, Latino, Asian, you know, everybody's opinion, I think, at this point in juncture in, in our time matters. And I think that everybody needs to be heard. And uh, unfortunately, we're dealing with the news media that does not want to do that. Uh, they want to do everything but give us that outlet and give us that freedom that we all should all enjoy in this country. Why? Because they're they're biased and they're, uh, unfortunately, propaganda for the big machine, which is uh, feeding them and feeding them well. As we speak... I'm actually uh, being under attacked by social media, believe it or not. And I know you're, you're saying, well, how could that be? You know, you're just a small player in, in a huge pond. Well, you know, when they target any individual that goes against the system, it goes, it goes against their train of thought, their grain, or whatever it is you want to call it, 
they tend to do that to you. They tend to cancel you out. That's what cancer culture does, folks. Uh, I'm a victim of it, just like there's a lot of other victims of cancer culture. It is something that's hitting everybody really hard. Uh, and it's an unfortunate situation because it should not be happening. But yet it is happening more and more to our everyday citizens, our good people of this country that, uh, you know, have fought long and hard for their freedom. The freedom of expression, the freedom of choice, the freedom of religion, the freedoms, folks. And uh, we tend to take that for granted, I think, sometimes in this world. I don't know why. I mean, you know, as, you know, especially for those that enjoy the freedom uh, from birth in this country. You know, you really should not look a gift horse in the mouth and besmirch it. I, I think will be the best word for it. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, the greatest country uh, on the planet. You know, we really are that. There's other great countries, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to the equality that we get here, it really is, uh, you know, by far the best country on the planet. And it's, it's terrible when you see companies like Facebook and, uh, you know, these other huge media outlets, uh, Twitter and such, that literally attack its own people simply because they don't agree with a certain narrative or a certain uh, thing, um, you know, that, that really is just mind-boggling to me. Because, look, at the end of the day, we all either are going to agree or disagree, right, on, on certain uh, things. It's just the way, you know, things play out and pan out. doesn't mean anybody's wrong or anybody's right or this or that. It just means that, you know, we, as a society, as a people, um, you know, tend to agree and disagree. And that, that's normal in, in any society. It's normal in any uh, conventional society that you have agreements and disagreements between people. Uh, you know, when we talked about here a long time ago about building that wall and how it needed to be built, it wasn't to keep everybody out. It wasn't to keep uh, individuals with moral fabric out. It was to keep people that were not good players in the uh, spectrum of uh, what's happening in this country. And um, people that were coming in, like gang members from MS-13 and uh, people from uh, other parts of the world that didn't have the best interest at heart. I'm from another part of the world. I'm Cuban by birth, and I got here when I was a kid. Uh, but again, you guys know my story. I got here legally. I did you know, the procedures the right way, and now I'm blessed with the rewards of being an American citizen. And uh, another American citizen is going to join me in a little while is Kaiser from Kaiser Talk Radio. And we're going to talk about uh, the Berlin Wall and a couple of other uh, issues that we have on hand. Um, I, I'm right now, for whatever reason, Facebook has me completely locked out. I don't know why. I've been uh, trying to get on for the last uh, 20 minutes. I was on earlier. Nothing now. Doesn't seem to be working. Uh, it says error. Too many redirects. Whatever that means. So I literally cannot get on Facebook at the moment, which is very strange. I have everything allowed. Uh, but again, when you're getting targeted, folks, 
You know, you're getting targeted. So you got to be uh, one of those uh, chameleons and just, uh, I guess, do what you got to do and survive. Uh, like Kate said, you know, what do you do when you have uh, limited time to do anything? You know, when you have no time to go out and prepare for whatever might be coming. You know, we, we don't know exactly how long we have. We don't know exactly, uh, you know, anything at this point. We we have no clue, folks, as to what the future holds. And that probably is the scariest part of all, when you really don't know exactly what's happening on a daily basis uh, just because uh, certain situations act the way they do or are treating you the way they do. Um, you know, that's in itself, it's a pretty scary scenario. Uh, right now, uh, the world is turned upside down. It really, truly is. Uh, we're facing a global disaster when it comes to the pandemic. We're facing a global nightmare when it comes to uh, possibly being locked down in for probably the rest of uh, the next six months, maybe a year. If uh, one Sleepy Joe and uh, Creepy Kamala have their way, uh, you know, that's what they, they talked about, mandatory masks, uh, more lockdowns, they're going to shut down the economy. I mean, this is not good business for anybody. It's not good for you, it's not good for me, it's really just not good for anybody involved. And uh, this is the future that, you know, our kids are going to inherit, really. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a future which is, you know, not exactly a free one. And when I hear uh, people, that again, that are born into this country and have no fundamental idea of how dangerous, uh, you know, socialism is and how dangerous it is, to be in a communist country or a socialist country and how quickly their lives will change. I mean, this is a known fact. You think everything is nice and rosy because the picture they paint is always really nice. Oh, it's great. Socialism is fantastic. Everybody's equal. You know, there's no uh, difference in people. You know, everybody has the same amount of stuff. So everybody thinks, oh, that's great. You know, we all have the same stuff. What they fail to address is that, you know, when it comes to having all the same stuff, eventually you run out of stuff. And when you run out of stuff, like, say, money, for example, and you, you dig into other people's money, guess what happens? You run out of their money. And then everybody's broke, right? It, it happened in Cuba. It happened in Venezuela. It happened in Germany. It happened in Russia. It, it happens everywhere. Once you let the oligarchs uh, from, you know, these communist dictator-ran countries take over, folks, you're up the hill without a paddle. Basically, you're at the will and the mercy of those who want to wish you the worst harm possible. I kid you not. Uh, I think it's possibly the worst disaster than even a hurricane. Or, you know, any tsunami or any man-made uh, catastrophe. Uh, the fact that, you know, we allow people to get away with this stuff is beyond uh, recourses, beyond recognition. And uh, it's just, uh, just a, a terrible, terrible thing. 
uh, and it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, well, how could you allow that? I mean, how could people allow that? And it's not the people that are allowing it so much. It's the media that are, are propagating this nonsensical, uh, uninformed, alternate reality where everything they say is right and whatever the people say, well, no, 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 we, you know, there's no truth to any of it because they control the narrative. They control what, you know, what you hear, what you say, what you speak, even in press conferences. You know, now it's no longer just asking questions. Now it's no. We demand not just questions to be answered, but we demand for you to tell us all the information in a court case or else you're a complete liar. Now, I'm not a prosecutor, I'm not a lawyer, but I kind of know how laws work. And I saw something this week which really just uh, left me uh, deflated a little bit because I thought this person had a lot uh, more uh, in him uh, to fight the evil communists that are coming into this country. Apparently not. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the one and only Tucker Carson who went at Sidney Powell for some really bizarre reason. And he should know better. You know, I have a lot of respect for Tar- for Tucker, and I've had a lot of respect for him uh, for a long time, until recently. And the reason uh, the reason I say that is because I really did not agree with how he went and just completely just trashed, um, you know, something that is beyond. Uh, comprehension. I mean, he should know that you cannot go on national TV and give out everything. I mean, <laughs> this guy, uh, you know, he's mad because, uh, he claims that the, he invited Sidney Powell to be on his show, okay, and tell them everything. But hold on, uh, Tucker Carlson, why do we have courts? Then to decide these things, why do we have the Supreme Court? I mean, is Tucker Carlson the moral authority now of the world? Is he the new judge dread, the new judge, jury, and executioner? Did we appoint him while I was in cryogenic freezing or something? Like, did I miss the part that, you know, Tucker Carlson now controls everything, including, uh, you know, getting all the information which has to be done in a court of law out to the American public on Fox News, which has been a turncoat in the last few months uh, against Trump, where we have Donna Brazile and uh, and all these clearly sold-out people working for Fox News now. Uh, and it, you know, I think Sean Hannity might be the last, uh, and maybe Jesse Waters, uh, Craig Gutfeld might be the last few remaining uh, on there that are, are legit, uh, telling you know, telling how it is and know the facts and know the laws. Uh, Tucker is for the most part really good at, at dissecting information and being very uh, clear and outspoken, and he's been a supporter. So I don't know why all of a sudden he has this roadblock with facts, like you cannot wage a trial on TV out of court and give out all your 
evidence because what you're doing is you're preparing the other side to concoct whatever it is they want and be prepared for when it goes to trial with some other lie that they want to spew and try to maybe attack or intimidate or hurt some of the witnesses. I mean, Tucker, uh, what was he expecting for him, for Rudy Giuliani to come by and say, yeah, we're going to give you everything. You know, here's all our proof, here's all our witnesses, here's everything you desire. It doesn't work that way. Now, the new Senate report, uh, report uh, uh, now this is just uh, right off the presses uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, it says, a new Senate report reportedly confirms Biden's family business ties to China and Russian, and Russian governments. There it is, folks. That's your Russian collusion. If you ever needed to have Russian collusion, there it is. It says here, two top Republican senators who have been investigating Hunter Biden's overseas businesses and business dealings, okay, have released additional findings that they say confirms troubling connections between the Biden family and the Chinese and Russian governments. Now, this is not me, you know, using some kind of conspiracy, folks. Okay, this is directly from theblaze.com. I'm going to post it over here so you guys can read along. If you want to do that, you can see Hunter and Joe right there. Or those who are looking at us uh, through uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, everywhere that you know, we're also on. We're also on PSN Radio, like I said. Uh, but if you're looking at it, you can see the picture right there. This is directly from Blaze.com. And, you know, you can read along right here with me if you want. Uh, it says, two Republican senators who, again, have uh, have been investigating Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings have released additional findings that they say confirms, confirms, right? Look at that, confirms troubling connections between the Biden family and the Chinese and Russian government. Okay, I want to read that again. So we're all on the same page. That yes, there is Russian collusion, there is Chinese collusion, but it's not with Trump. It's Joe Biden, folks. He has been colluding with them for years. I mean, Joe China, China Joe. We've we've known this. This is not secret. This is not a, 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 a conspiracy. Okay. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley from Iowa and uh, Senate of Homeland Security Chairman Ron Johnson from Wisconsin published the findings Wednesday in a supplemental to their September report, which was titled Hunter Biden, Burisma and Corruption, the Impact of the U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns. Now, this is a new five-page report. Um, Grassley and Johnson are... Uh, disclosed new evidence of ties between Hunter Biden and the business partners Rob Walker, who they said appears to have been an associate with at least three companies 
three major companies, okay, connected to Hunter Biden's oligarch, that's uh, old, oligarch, uh, Biden, oligarch, Biden, and uh, Blair, L-O-P, uh, Seneca Global Advisors and Rosemount Seneca Advisors. The senators connected the dots based on information provided to their commi- uh, committees by former Hunter Biden associate Tony Bobolinsky. In the report, they said, what's app message between Bobolinsky? That's how the report came in, uh, and Walker, uh, which uh, handled over uh, their committee, which they handed over the committee reportedly shown a close working relation between the Walker and the Biden family, including again Hunter and his uncle James Biden. So it looks like uh, they kept it all in the family, and this is how they enriched themselves. Since the new information is consistent with the other records within the com- uh, communities, um, of the committees, uh, so possessions, well, you know, possession which shows millions of dollars being transferred from a Chinese entity linked with the com- with the Communist Party to Robinson's Walker's LLC. The senators uh, noted before detailing the transaction, transactions. In the report, two separate uh, wires are cited, each totaling $3 million, which were sent by a Shanghai-based company called State Energy HK Limited to a bank account for Robinson Walker LLC in 2017. The senators noted, okay, that the State Energy HK Limited was at the time associated with another Chinese company with ties to communist government CEFC China Energy. The transactions are direct link between the Walker and the Communist Chinese government, the senator stated. These new records confirm the connections between the Biden family and the Communist Chinese government, as well as the links between Hunter Biden's business associates and the Russian government, and and further supports the committee's September 23rd, 2020 report finding that such relationships created counterintelligence and extortion concerns they have concluded in the report. They added that to, uh, to date, the committees have requested records from Hunter Biden and Joe and James and uh, James uh, Gillard, Tony Bablinski and Rob Walker. At this time, only Bablinski, Bablinski, I'm sorry, uh, has cooperated with the committees. The senator's September report reportedly concluded that Hunter Biden, amongst other things, received 3.5 million in wire transfers from Elena Baturina. Baturina. Again, she's the wife of the uh, former mayor of Moscow. Uh, again, Russian collusion. You know, this is why they kept pushing that narrative because they knew there was Russian collusion. It just wasn't Trump. It was Biden. So this is what the left does. They project to, you know, everybody else what they're doing so the eyes don't look at them. They look at the other people that they want to smear and and do, you know, harm to publicly. 
you know, we saw that in Salon Gate in San Francisco with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Well, she went and got her, her hair done. Not that I needed, but she needed it apparently. So much so that she made them break the rules of her own city and state. So she can break the rules, but the rest of us can't go out and have dinner with friends, family, or anybody. Hell, now they want us to be locked indoors for Thanksgiving, folks, without family there. Hell, I don't think they even want you to cut a turkey up. There's no reason to give thanks. This country sucks, remember? Why be thankful? They hate America. They hate everything we, we, we value in this country. So keep yourself locked in, keep your family out, forget about the turkey, forget about Thanksgiving, forget about Christmas, forget about the statues that have been around here for hundreds of years, forget about America, forget about democracy, forget about the flag, forget about the, the Constitution. It's all their way. That's the That's their agenda. It's all one way. Now, prior to the election, several Democratic lawmakers and members of the media claimed the reports about the Biden family overseas business dealings were a part of a Russian disinformation campaign. But Grassley and Johnson have vehemently denied the accusations, arguing that the reporting has been based on documented evidence. That's right. Documented evidence. Do you guys remember what that is when you have actual documents? You have people that sign affidavits. They go on record facing years in jail. That's evidence. For all my uh, paranormal UFO friends out there who say, uh, well, we have evidence of UFOs, but nobody takes us seriously because, you know, they laugh at it. Now you know that we know how you feel. Because that's exactly what's happening. We have a lot of evidence, mounting evidence that there was fraud, corruption everywhere, all geared to helping Sleepy Joe win. And yet, not a peep from the the mainstream media. All they do is keep saying he's the president-elect and uh, his makeshift uh, president-elect office, which doesn't exist, is not a real thing. They claim it's a real entity that's real. We might be facing for the first time in this country a country divided between two presidents. The president of the people, Donald Trump, and the president of the evil left, Joe Biden. How we move forward from that, I don't know. I mean, that, I'm going to leave that to people much smarter than myself, just not Tucker Carlson, because I'm losing trust in Fox News, and I'm losing trust in Tucker uh, Carlson after what he did to Sidney Powell. Because, I mean, she laid out excellent job at what she uh you know could considering the fact that they can't give out all the information i mean who in their right mind goes into something like this saying you don't want give us everything we want to know everything you got it doesn't work that way folks it never ever does and for people who think it does, you're just deluding yourself. Kaiser, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head Live. And uh, I know you want to get your two thoughts in on what I'm talking about and uh, also segue into the Berlin Wall. Yeah, I think uh, you're right about the uh, two presidents thing. That would be kind of interesting. I think just backtracking through what you were talking to, uh, talk, talking about. Um, then uh, being a former Fed, you know, I've had to testify in court. And uh, it is true. Discovery is, is a fact. The, the other team does get to see your stuff when you file it in court. So that's why, as you're filing it in, you have to give them all the evidence you have. 
And uh, so if he if they went on uh, any of the shows and said their strategy and what they're finding, which I think it's a clear 14th Amendment issue, uh, but that's just me thinking about it as a layman. I am not a lawyer. I was a cop. Uh, but yeah, that's clearly a violation of the 14th Amendment, the failure of equal, excuse me, equal uh, justice, equal law, equal rights, because uh, they were letting some people cure ballots in Pennsylvania and also in Wisconsin, I believe. Uh, Michigan's got a whole different set of problems, and PA does too with changing their uh, 77th, uh, it's their state rule or whatever, to allow mass mail-in votings, which is strictly prohibited. You have to have, right. you can have absentees, but you can't have mail-in, you know, where they're mailing them out to you. Right. Especially not without showing ID. And they had a thing, a little clause they tried to pull saying, uh, oh, well, the COVID's permanently uh, unable to get out of the house. Well, no, even Fauci and everybody, as much as anybody wants to believe Fauci, said it's perfectly safe to vote. So, you know, what I what I love Kaiser is how they say, uh, "Oh, we can't allow people to be close to each other to inspect the ballots because of COVID." But yet, when you know, when uh, Lori Lightfoot decided to go out in Illinois and Chicago and party like it was 1999 after they thought that Biden had won, and she was declaring the winner, she had no mask on. She was there with a, a huge crowd of people, right face to face with a, a blowhorn, all her, her Beetlejuice-looking self. Uh, talking about, you know, we beat him, we beat him. You didn't beat him, you cheated, you cheated. But yeah, she goes on and talks, uh, like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah, the Chicago. I mean, it's ridiculous to, to, to say, well, we have to have, you know, voting done this way and we can't allow, allow people to inspect ballots because of COVID-19. But yeah, they say nothing when these mayors go out in public without a mask. They say nothing when they have riots and looting and then they treat it like it's not even, it's a peaceful protest. But yeah, they tore cities down and burn them to the ground. Oh, it's all peaceful. There's no such thing as Antifa, even though we know we have right. Congress people with Antifa pamphlets, uh, pamphlets on it with them. Uh, we've had, um, the mayor, uh, his own daughter, the mayor de Blasio in New York, his daughter belongs to Antifa. She was arrested at one of the rallies or peaceful protests, which ended up being, uh, you know, not, peaceful at all uh and she was arrested so exactly what's going on here you know well, that's the question I, as far as i can see you know it's rules for thee not for me right. um like i haven't i haven't worn a mask and now we have a mandate in my state and yep. i'm not gonna ha i'm not going to i have uh um, um americans with disabilities act i have a breather for copd Right, and, right, uh, right, right, right. So whenever they ask me, I'm like, hey, it's Americans with Disabilities Act, sorry. Yep. Now, the store can decline my service, but then I can sue them for 250 k So that's how that works. <laughs> and uh, because they're denying disability, a disabled yep. person getting in. So you just got to work within the law, not without. Uh, and that Democrats, unfortunately, have figured this shit out a long time ago, and the Republicans have never reaved up to it quick enough. And they they have infiltrated everything in our government. What you're seeing now is nothing new. It's the same way the Soviet Union. Everybody forgets uh, 1917 and 18 
and 19, the Russian Revolution, uh, that, that occurred a lot from within, from with the Tsar's own government and academia and the media. So the propaganda arm. And what have I always said every time we talk? For the coup stool to work, you have to have all three uh, things to the coup stool. And they also forget that uh, Lenin, Vladimir uh, Lenin, when he came into <clears throat> to the Soviet Union, uh, he came in with New York bankers' money. So you have to have the money. This is the three legs to the coup stool. You have to have the media. They had the media. And you have to have the military, or at least high aspects of it. Yep. And then you can cause a coup. That's just the normal way. There's seven other, it's more, for a color revolution, there's seven steps. I don't want to get into all that. It's boring and laborious to talk about. But but the point is, uh, this has not been natural. This is, this is the definition of astroturf. This is not a this is not a, a, a grassroots movement by any sorts. And the problem is like when they tried to do it in Hungary the first time, the Hungarians resisted. And the only reason Tito was able to stay in power for so long and he was not really a communist. He was a straight up dictator. And he held Yugoslavia together until Yugoslavia fell. Uh, and there was one reason he was a strong man leader. And so was uh, Stalin. And you notice uh, when Gorbachev finally left office and they became free, and then on November 9th when the Berlin Wall fell, that was in 1989. Uh, or Yeah, 1989. Uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps at that time. Uh, it might have been 90. I think it was 89. Though. What, what you saw is uh, there's always been resistance to it. And people that come from communist countries or have been around them like, I've been inside East Germany back in the day, and I went back again. Uh, you can tell a whole difference in it. The gray, there were parts buildings they didn't re rebuild just as a, a warning to the German citizens that the Soviets would do it to them again. Uh, this, th it's a messed up way of life. And it takes insiders. The whole key of this is it takes insiders to do it. Well, what do they have? They have the uh, Soros Project for all the DAs because they couldn't roll the police, but damn, they could get the DAs to start convicting them. They had the media forever since Walter Cronkite, uh, and that was there was even links to the media within the old Operation uh, Mockingbird through to the CIA, and now we find out the CIA and FBI are both dirty as fuck. So that's the whole point of this. They've had their people in there for a long time. They bow-weaveled in. And that's a, a natural term, and it's almost like clandestine spying in our government by U.S. citizens. And you know what that's called? Treason. That's treason, folks. And then this ballot machine, oh, there's a lot of problems with that. And it is funny that their emblem, if you look them up, uh, their emblem is we can make red turn to blue, and it has a picture of a red card going in a blue card coming out isn't that kind of funny it's yeah. absolutely hysterical oh i know so but uh, you know. In, a, in a in a very bad and and weird uh way but you know it doesn't shock me they use the color scheme because you know you know we always use color scheme uh red and blue tends to be used a lot uh but uh, you know they it's like they don't even hide anymore what they're doing they put it right in your face 
Oh yeah, and and it's it's also funny that back in the day when I was young, probably when you were, you probably hadn't come over to the U.S. yet. Um, when I was young, Democrats always are signed for red and white. And then uh, when the communists started to infiltrate in '68, uh, there was a slow movement that hey, you're trying to say we're communists. We've had these colors forever. So they said Republicans do what Republicans always do. Rhinos do. They capitulated and they said, okay, we'll put red on our sign and you guys can put on blue. We don't care. And that's the switch. Go look at some of the old, um, old, um, what do you call it? Uh, buttons, campaign buttons and campaign signs. And you'll see that I'm telling the truth. So this is about seventies. Maybe. Yeah. I think maybe late seventies, early eighties that you'll see the transition from uh, red to blue and the switchover is what I'm talking about. And that was just capitulation. And, and you give them an inch and the communists will fucking take a mile and they've done it. And that's a fact. Now, what do you um, think about the, the news that just broke a few hours ago that says the Trump, uh, the, the Trump campaign puts out a statement that Sidney Powell does not represent the campaign of Trump personally, apparently, the Hugo Chavez allegation went too far for even the Trump campaign. Uh, I think that's a sacrificial lamb, and I'm sure that she did that on orders. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just because, you know, you have to have disinformation. With the way these people work, they're, they got their lawyers investigating everything anybody says. So throw them the muff fake off the Internet. Throw them the BSQ puts out. And that way they think, oh, that's really the line you're going to? So they're wasting money, lawyers, and time. And for the self-described and self-illuminated by the media, uh, President-elect's office, which does not fucking exist at all, uh, office of President-elect, uh, Biden's being coronated under false pretenses. When the election's not over, there's still a legal avenue. And it's we've got another three and a half weeks, whether we like it or not. And if the Supreme Court steps in, it can go on even past that. People forget in 2000's election, your state in Florida was pivotal in that, if you remember right. And uh, that that I don't think got done until December 14th or 13th. So uh, and Gore was saying he was president, too. So this is not a new thing. And it's happened even before then. There was actually an election in the 1860s, I believe it was. When there was uh, two presidents uh, that actually did serve one, you know, at the same time. And then we had a civil war shortly after that. So that's my whole point on that, man. And, uh, you know, but the con- we didn't we never had this communist ideological threat. I don't uh, ideologically. I mean, it was a state's rights issue, not slavery that caused the civil war. And, uh, I mean, maybe for the North, we thought it was a slavery, but there's a reason why the South calls it a war of, uh, what they call it, a war of Northern aggression. And so that, that yep. view is still held in the South by both black and white. I was stationed at, uh, Fort McClellan, Alabama. And, you know, we had blacks and whites and everything. We were integrated. We were, it was awesome back then. We had no racial shit. So whatevs. But here's the point is I'd hear the Southern, uh, black and white dudes calling it the War of Northern Aggression. McClellan was one of the Union generals in the War of Northern Aggression. And be like, what are you talking about? Oh, you mean the Civil War, right? 
No, no, no. It was the war of northern aggression. So it's just kind of interesting. It really is. Guys, I gotta let you go. I got a guest coming in within ten minutes, and I gotta I'll move on to a couple other uh, things that uh, that I gotta get to. But uh, we have you coming on tonight. What do you have all prepared for us in the next uh, couple hours? I think you just got a little bit of a preview on it, brother. All right. <laughs> I had a feeling that was the case. <laughs> All right. God bless. You too, my friend. Get ready, and we'll see you in about an hour. All right, bro. Bye. Take care, brother. There you go, folks. That's Kaiser from Kaiser Talk Radio with his two cents, uh, and uh, as always, uh, valuable information. And now with me, we have the one and only Mr. David Bentehausen. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Bentehausen. that good? Bentehausen. Close enough. Yeah, well, I, I, I try, I try. And the lovely Carla Bogni Kid. We're going to switch topics a little bit. I know we want to, want to uh, get into, uh, you know, paranormal a little bit. We wanted to get into uh, the afterlife. And I uh, wanted to get into possibly reincarnation, which I know that's really uh, something you folks uh, deal with directly. Uh, and uh, the, the possibility that... Uh, well, we've lived multiple lives, and we've been here several times before. But before we get into, uh, you know, big details about uh, what we're going to expand into, can you give my audience a little bit of a background uh, of the both of you so they could kind of uh, get up to speed a little bit of what exactly it is that you folks uh, are, you know, known for? Well, um, a few years ago, um, Dave and I were working together. Um, in a medical office. He was my boss, and it was quite stressful. Um, we were implementing um, electronic medical records, and up until that point, we were just using charts and paper, and um, so it was it was quite an adjustment for us. And Dave, who is normally like Fred Flintstone or Yogi Bear, <laughs> was not like that anymore. He was very cranky. And I finally said to him one day, I had read an article in a magazine about meditation. And I brought it into the office and I said, you know, I think that we should try this. And he said, okay. So we decided as an office to meditate, to de-stress. We would do it first thing in the morning before the patient started. And um, we all had to arrive about a half an hour before. So we decided that we would do this in the break room. We had, you know, soft music, no lights, um, peace and quiet. The computers were off. And the first two days, all of us sat together. There were two other girls. Um, and then on the third day, they decided they didn't want to come in a half an hour early. So Dave and I just meditated ourselves. So then I'll let Dave take it from here. So like Carla said, we had been friends for a long time worked together for 16 years. I had bought the practice and Carla had been the office manager and I became grouchy with this electronic medical records. And when we tried meditation, it was great. The first couple of days I thought it was great. I got up and ran down the hall, started seeing patients. The third day, as I'm meditating, I saw a woman. And the woman reminded me of Carla from a side view her eyelashes looked just the same. She was laughing and jo really jovial. And she kept trying to show me a shoe. And a shoe? A shoe. <laughs> okay. So I know that seems very strange. It was completely out of 
character for me. However, I got this feeling that it was Carla's mother. And so I, I got up and right after we meditated, I walked in and I said, Carla, you all think I'm crazy. But during meditation, I saw your mother and she kept showing me a shoe. Now, Carla's mother died 20 years before this date. And Dave had never met her. Oh, wow. And, uh, I mean, you had uh, no conversations prior about her mom at all? Was this the first time that she's brought up? Well, I I knew a few things about her mother. I knew she had died, and I knew she had a brain tumor, and and Carla and her sister had taken care of her um, because of the cancer. But I didn't know a lot of details, just normal details that we talked about, but her mother had been dead before I got there. And so I kept trying to explain to Carla about the eyelashes and the and this shoe. And what'd you do, Carla? Well, I actually went over to the computer and I Googled ballroom dancing shoes because my mother had been a ballroom dancer. And she wore the same type of shoe um, throughout her life, not just for ballroom dancing. It was actually like an open-toed sandal. So she wore it for dress-up and, and to church. And I brought up maybe, you know, 60, 70 pair of shoes popped up on the screen. And I asked Dave which one, and he pointed to it, the one she always wore. And my sister also worked in the office with us, and we were flabbergasted. You know, of all of those shoes, he could have chosen the right one. Uh, my only question was, why was she coming to you and not me? Because I had always been very open-minded. That's interesting. But anyway, yeah. And if this makes sense, Angel, both of us had been raised Catholic, and I really didn't think this was possible. And, but Carl and Paula kept wanting to know more. They wanted to hear from their mother, and we kept meditating. The next day, or a few days after, I saw a different woman. This woman told me her name was Isabella, and that she had been my spirit guide for 6,000 years. Wow. So so now I'm really confused what's going on. You don't, you don't look that old. I'm just saying you're aging extremely well for 6,000 years. <laughs> well How do you do Is it like the Ralph Macho disease you have? Or what's going on? You're aging extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> so we kept meditating. And as we're meditating, I started to have memories and they, the girls were taking notes, mostly Carla. She's taking notes, everything that I see. And one day I have this memory from 1962. Now, I'm actually old enough that I was alive. I was three years old in 1962. And I had a memory where I was going with my parents. My dad was going back to graduate school. We lived in Nebraska. And we drove all the way across the country to Boston that summer. And I don't have a lot of memories except for student housing was a little brick buildings. and But I remembered the most going to the beach that year because I had never seen the ocean. And I remembered running on the beach and seeing the Ferris wheel and the little blue and red cars and things hanging down from the roller coasters and I was running on the beach and I'm telling the girls the me- this memory. I'm running on the beach and this little girl comes over, knocks me down, yells at me and tells me to quit 
making so much noise. I'm bothering her family. She sits on my chest, and she actually kisses me right on the forehead. She jumps up and frowns at me, and then she, you know, I hear in the background, Carla, little girls don't act this way. And I'm looking at this little girl, and I'm kind of frowning at her, and she's got this little two-piece blue bathing suit with ruffles, her little pot belly's hanging over it. And Carla looks at me and says, Dave, what'd you say, Carla? I said, <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. I didn't need to meditate to have that memory. Um, we were a family of seven, five girls. I was the youngest, good Catholic family. Um, my parents were always separating and getting back together. They never got divorced because they were Catholic and didn't believe in it. But this particular time, they were together, and we didn't have a car. Like I said, we weren't well off, so they got two cabs, and they took us to Revere Beach. And as Dave was telling about the beach, we knew, Paula and I, my sister, knew exactly which beach it was because Revere had a big Ferris wheel amusement park. And as he described it, we knew where it was. And then as he gave his memory... I remembered it like it was yesterday because on our arrival to the beach that day, for whatever reason, I didn't have a bathing suit. And normally I would have inherited one from one of my sisters. So we went across the street, all of us, to one of those little um, souvenir shops, and I got my first two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit, and that stuck in my mind because I never had new clothes. Um, my parents really couldn't afford it, but they got it so that I could enjoy the water with everybody else. In those days, you didn't just go in in your underwear or, <laughs> or improvise. You wore a bathing suit. Yeah. Um, but I remembered it exactly. And Paula, my sister, and I looked to Dave. We didn't even know until that day that he even lived in Boston ever. And we were born and raised in Boston until I was nine, and then we moved away. Wow. Uh, it almost seems like you're soulmates in a sense. Do, do you think I, that might be, uh, you know, me hitting the nail on the head there? Well, we call them intendeds, but somehow we think maybe we were intended to meet in this life. It's a part of the same soul family. Now, I can tell you what happened because, so that was, you know, 50 uh -huh. some years before we realized we had met, never kept in touch. It had been 35 years since that date when I walked in and, and bought the practice. And so we thought, this is just a, a, a weird coincidence. We keep meditating every day. We keep writing these things down. I saw a Mayan temple one day. I saw a line of stuffed squirrels. I saw hieroglyphics, all sorts of little things, and we didn't quite understand them until Isabella Carter started to explain a little bit about past lives. And then I had a memory and I was standing in an alley. And as I'm standing in the alley, I can see Carla standing across the alley. Now it doesn't look exactly like Carla, but it's close. And she was blonde. She was very young and hot. And so she was in her twenties and I'm standing on the other side of the alley. I had no pot belly in that life. No, no pot belly in that <laughs> life. And suddenly lights were flashing. I felt a gunshot hit me in the chest. I was thrown back, laying in the alley, thinking I'm dying. 
And I'm like, what is this? Well, the lessons are the lessons. The, the story kept coming. The next day I had more memories, and I actually found out that I had met the young lady who was standing in the alley. Her name was Ruby Donaldson. She was a flapper in the 1920s, and that we had met at a wedding of a gangster named Angelo. And in Chicago. In Chicago. Not me. I'm Angel, but not Angelo. <laughs> no, yeah, not Angel. Angelo. It's funny because the last show that I did, the uh, the guest kept calling me Angelo in the first hour, and I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> so it's funny, it's two weeks in a row. something to this. Yeah. And so I, I told Carla about Ruby Donaldson and JJ and meeting in Chicago at a wedding of a mobster named Angelo. And Carla's very curious, and she took off researching on her own. Well, there was a, first of all, I should confirm, when Dave meditates and he can connect with the spiritual world, what he was seeing was bits and pieces of all kinds of past lives. And when he says stuffed squirrels and the dome on the Capitol building in Boston, um, the Mayan temple, those were all bits and pieces of past lives. So we continued to record those. And so when he started to get bits and pieces of this story in Chicago, um, I knew it was something a little closer that we could corroborate. So a day I was off work, um, I got onto Ancestry.com, and I found Ruby Donaldson, born in 1904 in Bullock, Georgia, to James and Anna Donaldson. She was one of 11 children. Um, and then I also found... Um, newspaper articles from 1925 where a gangster named Angelo Jenna, um, he was the, the head boss of Little Italy before, right before Al Capone. He had married Lucille Spinola um, on January the 10th, 1925. And the other uh, newspaper article I found was a picture of their wedding cake. It was over 10 feet tall. Um, and there were two women in the article standing next to this cake, and it towered over these two women. It served um, over 3,000 people, mobsters, no doubt. So I called uh, Dave back, and I told him, you know, all these names and everything they're giving you, I found it all. Because they gave him, uh, Isabella gave him other things besides my name. Um, she had said what my father's name was, my mother's name. And on Ancestry.com, I was able to find all of those things. Um, so that was some proof. So we started thinking, this is strange. So we have a, a memory from 1962 that we didn't remember where we met each other. And now we have this memory of 1925 before we were born that we met each other. And I kept coming up with more and more of the story and more and more. And there was a day I came in and I sat down and was trying to tell Carla more of what was happening for Ruby and J.J., and as I'm talking to her, Carla literally starts to finish the sentence and has some of the same memory. Then it gets a little strange for us. Well, it's been it's been a little strange already, but I continue. <laughs> so this is fascinating. So this, yeah. So this this changed the way we looked at a lot of things, um, and so we kept writing notes and and keeping 
a diary constantly. We meditate every day. We finally found 42 lives for me and 34 lives for Carla. And Carla and I were both in 29 of the same lives together. And Angel, I just want to say, this is not done through um, regression therapy. Dave does this through meditation and with spontaneous memories. Um, we've written a couple of books and our, our first book is called the gift to past lives with mother Isabella, God and Elizabeth. And, you know, as we've just told you, mother Isabella is Dave's guide. God, we all know. And Elizabeth is my guide. That's, that's why they're on the front of the book. Mm -hmm. But with all of, yes. And with all of those past lives, there's 21 that we put in the book, 21 stories, but they're not just the stories of our past lives. At the end of each story, we explain what we did wrong, where we went wrong, and why we came back again. And so Dave's going to explain to you about the five simple rules of living because me, everything we do has something to do with these five simple rules. Let me ask you a question before you continue, uh, David and, uh, and, and Carla. Um, do you think that this is possibly why a lot of people uh, say things for example when you meet somebody that they have an old soul uh because they you know they just um or they're older for their age uh because they just pick up on things at a very young age quicker than most people and just have like an inherent understanding of the fundamentals uh where it might take somebody else a lot longer sure i sure think some of that angel and some of that is you know You've probably had that experience, well, the experience of deja vu that a lot of people talk about that it seems like they've experienced it before. Mm -hmm. yep. A lot of people have also, you know, they meet somebody and that first time they meet, they can talk for 10 hours in a row like they've known each other forever. Yes, I've had yeah, that experience personally, actually, yeah. Yeah, because potentially they really have. And through the lessons from, from Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth, we've really found that this whole reincarnation thing was uh, God's plan from the beginning. One of the lessons that Isabella taught us right at the beginning was the five simple rules. If you want to call it the easiest ten commandments, it's mm -hmm. live without conceit, jealousy, selfishness, and always forgive and always love. And she says, anything that's a decision that's not based on love has some karmic ties to it. And so if you make conceited, selfish, and jealous decisions, there's going to be some sort of karma tied to it. And the longer you make those decisions, the more karma you'll build up and the more you're going to have to experience or lessons that you need to learn in the next life. We all have to learn lots of lessons. Um, it's sort of basic to our human nature that... In the very beginning, we have to be a little selfish. We have to be concerned with the survival of the fittest. But as a, a species, if you want to call it that, we've evolved long enough that we can actually cooperate. And by doing that, we don't really have to compete for the last piece of bread and the last piece of food. Um, we need to work together, and that's part of those lessons. When we started finding all these past lives, we'd find out that in one of these lives, we made mistakes. And that's one of the reasons we had to come back. We found out that we've all been black, white, oriental, or Indian, 
Saints and Sinners. Saints and Sinners, Kings and Paupers. We've had to live on each side. We have a set of lives that's interesting back from Viking through early English times where we're Viking fighting the Scottish, Scottish then fighting the English, English fighting the Scottish again, and then a Viking queen marries into the English um, family, and that and they're fighting the Scottish again. And Isabella says, of course you're fighting on both sides, because sometimes you're literally fighting yourself. That's what karma is about. When we think that we always are on the, the right side, we're going to be put on the other side the next time. Now, let me ask you a question. What, what do you think reincarnation um, happens to begin with? I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, on the the reason for it? Is it because we have to come back and uh, do it as many times as we have to to get things right? Or is it just just part of the plan where just part of the way we're designed as a soul um, just to experience life over and over and over again? Is there an end point uh, to reincarnation where you don't come back anymore? That's like four questions. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Luckily, we have we have plenty of time. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, there's a plan from the beginning. Okay. Uh, one of the lessons we learned right early on was there is no hell. So we have a soul that's designed in such a way that it carries us life to life. The soul actually carries our karma. So we carry it from life to life. We get chance after chance after chance to get it right because God doesn't just say, you know, you screwed up, you're going straight to hell. And if you want to even think about it, if we have this all-knowing, I call it God, source, Tao, creator, (laughs) if we have this all-knowing God, he would know that he created you or she would know that he created you to fail. If Because God would already know you would be coming to earth, you would be the one that would fail, and you would go to hell. That doesn't make much sense. So God created us with the ability to live life after life, chance after chance, just like any other loving parent. You know, you don't throw your kids out just because they broke a plate. However, you give them another chance. Now, you might throw them out after 20 or 30 plates if they broke them on purpose. (laughs) <laughs> but, but or not allow them around plates anymore at that point just you know yeah. just stay away from the plates <laughs> there would be no more plates yes yes maybe paper so, plates but, yes. so God gives us chance after chance to get it right yeah so there's another chance for another experience and like we said Carla and I have been together multiple times because we're family mates the other kind of person you can return with also as a karmic mate. Mm. So you could have somebody that you have to keep coming back with until you get it fixed with. That's and with your family mate, Angel, um, sometimes you come back not for your karma, but to help somebody else with their karma. And gotcha. I'm not sure if all of your listeners are familiar with what family mates and karmic mates are, but your family mates, they're a group of people that you come back with over and over again because you get along well, uh, because you're able to work well together, um, and you play different roles. Like, I've been Dave's mother. I've been his neighbor. I've been his schoolmate. Um, we play different roles. Whatever we need to do to accomplish 
whatever it is that we're working on um, during that time. And sometimes, like he said, it is, you know, the neighbor that you've had karma with over and over and over again that you just cannot seem to get along with. Um, but so it, it isn't always just for you. Sometimes it's to help somebody else. Well, here's a question going into that. Um, when you deal with reincarnation, um, you know, if you come back uh, to be, interact with each other's lives, does one soul wait for the other soul to pass before they come back? Uh, is it a collective? They all wait until everybody who's going to come back to interact with each other come back together? Or how does that process work? Or is it like one every few years? Or, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because we live in a in a in a world where we have space and time. We we you know we think time is a real thing, even though man made time uh, to count the decay and evolution and all that stuff. Uh, you know, time here is relevant to Earth, but it's different on Mars, different on other planets. Uh, because of the way the axis works, the rotation, the spin, you know, the whole science behind it. That's how we dictate time. But, you know, science is also talking about multiple universes, possible, uh, other dimensions, higher dimensions, all this other stuff. And my, my train of thought is the higher dimensions they go, they mention something which is kind of, uh, similar to what maybe, past live, uh, you know, people experience, where they go into an alternate state and they go to a higher dimension where they could see past, present, and future all spread out instead of in a linear term because of the fact that there is no time and space. It's all, you know, made up an illusion by, you know, us or God or whatever to have us interact in a third dimensional world uh, or whatever the celestial being might be. Uh, that's kind of my take on it. I think science is getting very close to, like, almost admitting that afterlife, uh, spirituality, all that stuff is real. But, of course, they put their science spin behind it. I mean, is that something that you guys might think uh, science might stumble upon one day? Okay, Angel, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of spiel on that because you start talking about quantum physics, and, yes, there's the truth that quantum physics defines us as both a particle when we're stationary and as energy when we're moving. Right. And yes, that may easily be an explanation for uh, how we connect to the spiritual world. They're a non-physical being. Now, you ask a whole bunch of questions in there, so I'll try to hit them real quick. Do the cycle first. Yep. So to start with, because on the earth plane, we do have to deal with time so we sort of measure it in the time of what's going on here certainly we all die at different periods sometimes we do get off cycle with our our family mates so example is my father's been my father six or seven times but not always in succession because if he dies at the wrong time and i've come back he couldn't be my father because i've already come back born to somebody else. So you can get off cycle with some of your family mates. Also, it's true with Carla. I've I've been her husband and been her child because I've gotten off cycle so I could return at a different time frame. And then there's also a time between lives where you do a past life review. And during that time, it can be very variable on the earth plane. 
So if you were, let's say you made lots of poor choices, you may have to experience as you go back and learn those lessons in your past life review, your time and atonement may be extended in an earth time. So you may miss somebody's life cycle. So you may not return with them again. But it turns out that there's a lot of people that we find in our past lives, but not every life. Mm. So I hope that answers part of that question. It, it does, it does, it, it does. Uh, uh, the only thing that uh, it's a little sad by that is, uh, you know, religion teaches us that, you know, once we pass, we'll get to, you know, be with our loved ones and we'll get to see, like, our mothers, fathers, kids, or whoever passes and embrace them again as, you know, they are in the afterlife. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like that's the case exactly. Uh, it, is eventually. it is eventually. It is eventually. Once you come back to Earth. And it is in a bunch of times because there are times when you're back in heaven or the spiritual world and there are parts of your family there. Okay. But so, you won't, but will you recognize them as that individual? Because if you come back multiple times, you have multiple faces. So the soul, I'm sure, would look different than the individual on earth. You each recognize time out. their soul. Right. You recognize the soul and their, their energy imprint and gotcha. their conversation because we don't have a physical body there um now when you're haven't been through this very often you go back and sometimes those bodies because our mind is pretty incredible and so it can fill in a lot of details so a lot of times the person that seems to be your mother will look like your mother to you is it in your soul um so you'll if your mother is there at that time, you will meet your mother. You know, we have times where it's only been nine months between lives, and we've also had times where it's been 300 years. So certainly people have cycled through multiple times, that we've mm. seen them when we are back in our past lives. Interesting. That reminds me of the movie uh, What Dreams May Come. I don't know if you've ever seen it with Robin Williams. Uh, uh-huh. which it's a, a beautiful movie. It deals with uh, his loss of his kids and then his wife commits suicide. And he literally takes the plunge to save his wife uh, from purgatory. And uh, when he goes in and he dies, he sees his kids, but they don't look like what he remembered. And they look like alternate versions of like people that he may have known or other people. Uh, but then he realizes that's his kids based on the conversations they're having. And and that's sort of how it works yeah. when you go back into into a past life. I, I can play them like a movie now. Mm. And so sometimes you start to see, and I'll, I'll say, okay, that's Carla right there. Now, we're interacting, and it feels like Carla. There's something in the eyes. But Carla's been, you know, black 13 or 14 times and I've been dark skinned also many times so even though I'm white in this life you know again it's one of those we have to live both sides of every thing if we want to start to feel compassion and realize that we're all equal mm-hmm. uh, you know so those kind of experiences are great experiences from past lives now you talked about quantum physics and I'll try to make it as short as I can The more you read about quantum physics, 
the more you realize that a lot of the metaphysical things that they're putting on top of it are just additional theories. Mm. Um, because really, really quantum physics says is a, is a basis on probability. So if you really talk quantum physics, they would say the probability that humans exist in the, in this world, in this plane, in this time is almost none. Mm. Quantum physics actually would expect the world to be a total chaos. There would be no order. There would be no evolution. Those probabilities are so small that it would create us that quantum physics is almost to the point where it can argue for the existence of God more than it can argue for anything else. Um, the other thing quantum physics will tell you is that if there are parallel lives, as people will talk, these parallel lives can have no effect on each other because they're each in separate universes. Mm. So that's, that's one of those quantum physics things. And when yep. you start to argue about it, even if we existed in some other plane, it would have no effect on us here. And so what you could really affect is only the life you're living now, which right. is why the five simple rules make sense. Because we're trying to uh, prevent more karma because if you get all of your karma balanced out, you actually get off this cycle and this wheel. You know, people complain that my life is so hard or this terrible thing happened to me. Well, it's really not what happened to you. It's how you reacted to what happened to it. So if you didn't retaliate, you didn't get angry, you didn't get upset because your situation was such, then you didn't develop more karma. And then I got to give you another little little tidbit. You know, when you go into the grocery store and it's COVID and everybody's <laughs> uptight now, and if you're rude to the grocery store clerk, just realize you just recreated karma with the grocery store clerk. And you may have to come back to somebody you don't even know. Yeah. That that makes sense. You know, this is another reason why I tend to be overly nice to everybody, everybody I meet in public. Uh, just because you never know who it is you're meeting and you never know if there may be somebody important in your past or your future or in an alternate life. So, uh, it, you know, karma, like the secret... It's all about attraction and, and the laws of uh, of whatever else is out there, other than our everyday existence. Uh, it's, it makes perfect sense, uh, you know everything you're saying, David. Uh, Carla, do you have uh, anything to add to, uh, to that before we continue with the next questions here? No, um, just you know, love begets love, hate begets hate. Yeah, and we're seeing that more and more this year, by the way. In yes, uh, 2020, absolutely. we've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of uh, hate from every angle and a lot of, uh, you know, love from some angles and and it, a lot of chaos. And, and 2020 has been a year that, for some of us, uh, it's one of those uh, moments in time where I think we're going to remember for a very, very long time for many different reasons. Uh, but uh, if you're looking at it from a, a, just a perspective of, a, of an observer, it's one of those uh, moments where you you almost want to sit back with a bucket of popcorn and be like, "Yeah, hey, what happens next? This is better than a movie theater," because it's like it's science fiction, paranormal. You know, you have uh, po politics, you have 
people going nuts in the streets. You, you know, you have riots, looting, burning, you have all kinds of nonsense in one year. But there was a silver <laughs> lining. Um, God threw this um, COVID at us in whichever way that he decided to do it. Who, you know, there's all kinds of theories. Yeah. Um, but it kept people home with their children. People walked their dogs. People planned better and didn't go out to eat all the time. And many people who would have stayed in nursing homes for years and years by themselves, lonely, they died early, they went back to heaven, and they didn't have to lay there. So when you look at it from that perspective, a lot of good came out of it also. Well, we'll see about the uh, the good of the people in the nursing homes. There's a big hubbub about that in New York with... Uh a lot of folks that got put into uh, nursing homes who were sick with COVID, and unfortunately, we lost a lot of seniors uh, yes. early on. Yeah, and uh, that was a terrible, terrible decision in a lot of uh, states in this country, which cost thousands of lives. Uh, and it's unfortunate that these people in power took that position to put sick patients with elderly folks who had no reason to have uh, these people put in there. Uh, my uncle, who has uh, suffered four strokes and is in hospice care, uh, was almost one of those poor people that had somebody with COVID put into his uh, room. And oh, immediately, yeah, we, we, we shut that down quick. We went in because he has no kids or, or extended family. So me and my father are his extended family. So we went and talked to him directly and we said, no, no, no. Uh, if you do that, we'll sue you. There's no way we're going to allow you to put any COVID patients in his room. And now the hospital got shut down uh, about a week or two later where nobody can go in. And they they completely exed that plan about putting COVID patients in the uh, same uh, hospital with them or with them, you know, the patients in there, uh, because they saw what was coming out of New York and other states. And I've been in Florida. Uh, they got informed uh, because of that. Uh, but it's unfortunate that that happened. Now, uh, you know, I understand that. You know, heaven, uh, you know, need the, the, maybe some souls back, but that's a tragedy that <laughs> should not, ha- that should not happen, uh, on this plane of existence. And it's a crime against humanity, I think, when stuff Absolutely. like that happens. Yeah. And, and Angel, that's a, that's another kind of an interesting point you're making. It's also is... their selfishness, by the way. Yeah. 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 So there's a, if we talk about karma, we almost have to talk just a small amount about group karma. Mm-hmm. Because wars beget more wars, hate begets hate. Even, even some nationalism thoughts, um, religious thoughts. So, you know, my religion's better than yours. Yes. All of those kind of <laughs> things are all group karma issues. Um, and just like you said, there's been an increase in violence here in America, there's going to be karmic-related re- things that occur because of this. You know, we can say the beginning wars caused all these wars, and we can say that the Holocaust caused part of the wars we're having now, and, caused, and re- the Crusades caused problems that, that led to the Holocaust. There's all sorts of karmic issues there. Mm-hmm. And how we're dealing with covid may have more karmic issues that are going to come out. Um, because as a society, we have to decide how we're going to keep everybody safe. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, and uh, in dealing with it all within uh, the span of uh, 
the the news media, which is just bombarding you with information, which some is accurate, some is not accurate, some is real, some is made up, and it's like constantly, you know, going all over the place. And Carla, you said something that was very very on point earlier. Uh, in fact, both of you uh, kind of touched on it, where because of what we're facing, we are inside more, we are with family more, with loved ones more. I yep. think we need to tune out the media in general. Uh, and, yes. and spend time with our loved ones and family and really adapt what made not only this country great at one point when it came to family orientation, uh, but what makes humanity great, which is, again, love and the love of family and loved ones and and that communication, which has been lacking for, for decades here in this country yes. in particular. Yes. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, homes that don't eat dinner together anymore. Uh, you know, they don't spend time talking to their kids, you know, parents for no. the most part. And that's a shame. I, I grew up in a different era, I think, because my parents, uh, would always sit down and have dinner, uh, together, uh, yes, with, true. with myself. They would ask me how school went. They would, you know, yes. talk to me about doing right and wrong. And guess what? I've, I've never been in prison. I haven't broken any laws. I've lived a clean life for the most part. Uh, you know, very, very little harm to anybody. Uh, and, and any harm that I've ever brought to anybody's been, you know, indirectly by accident, if anything. And I've, you know, as soon as I make a mistake, I am the type of person, because of my upbringing, I like to apologize immediately. You know, I, I like to, you know, explain away, uh, what may have happened, uh, you know, in the rational thought. But that's just my upbringing, and I, I thank my mother and father for that. Not everybody has that experience. And there's a lot of broken homes I think it's responsible for. There are a lot of, you know, fatherless homes, uh, you know, single parent homes. You can't teach a proper structure to children and have them uh, grow up uh, properly if both parents are not active in their lives. Or well, if, well, either one of them. Manners, even if it's a single family, you know. Right. The, yeah, even if, if one parent's not there, it's, which, yeah, you know, what the, good is the it? The reality, too, there is we can... We can pass some of our karma on to our children, not even knowing just because what we teach them. Yeah, 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 that's very true. Uh, now, um, you know, I, I come from an, uh, a Jehovah's Witness background, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, I'm currently agnostic. I'm not atheist. I do believe that there's an afterlife. I do think that uh, there's a, a heavenly creator. And my friends usually get that confused. They think, well, you, you must not believe in anything if you're agnostic. No, it just means I don't believe in an indoctrination of a certain religion, but I do believe that there's something higher than this. When my mother passed away in 2016, my father saw something leave her body. He couldn't explain it, but it was like a mist, he said, that he saw leave her body, and it had a human form. He was in the room with her, and I was in the room with her when she passed, and he saw something that scared him. Uh, it didn't really scare him, I would say, but it shook him. Uh, it's a better way uh, of expressing it. And that kind of almost gave me a little bit of a calm within the storm that I was facing of losing my mother because my father's not the type to make stuff up. You know, he's not that type of person who, he's not even a believer in paranormal, uh, you know, experiences per se. So for him to tell me that really, you know, it, it really shook me a little bit and really uh, almost clarified that maybe there is definitely something after this because my father would not make that up. And, and given the situation, you know, of anything, uh, if anything, it's yeah, even Angel, more. Yeah, Angel, that really isn't paranormal. Yeah. That's normal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's normal. There's yeah. Which is, there is some yeah. spirit after this, and Angel, if you even, if, if this helps any, you know, again, I was a physician, so I didn't believe much of this, but I started reading everything I could possibly find on reincarnation. There's a lot of research on reincarnation that's out there. Um, there's two or 3,000 kids that have had uh, experiences documented by Ian Stevenson, yep. Matlock, Jim Tucker, where they've actually traveled, found a, you know, a small child who says, because you can't coach these small kids. You weren't my mother last time. And, or what about my wife, Jean? And they take the, the small child to some place and they find their wife in a, who, because they died when they were young. Oh, there's a, a, there's a story, I don't know if you've heard this one, there's a story of a kid who was a pilot in World War II, he says, and he started having regression uh, memories, or just memories that were coming to him as a little kid, and he was able to name not only the pilot, the moment of death, his siblings, uh, who were still alive, a sister was still alive and very old, you know, really elderly at the time, and they took the child to the city where the pilot lived. He literally told them where the houses were, where they would live. And Correct. he, and he told them about the, the, the sister that he had when he went and met her. He called her by the nickname that her brother used to call her, which this is what told her, this is really my brother, even though he's a lot younger, he's a little kid, but he knew things and details that you just don't know unless you know that person. Okay. That's right. So so when you think about it, Angel, there's many, many cases just like that that are documented. And so there is some existence before you're here Mm -hmm. and some existence after you're here. And in some way, shape or form, you're an infinite being that's going to return. Now, we say we're all sparks from God and we're going to return back to God someday when we finish this journey down here while we've learned all the lessons. I think, if anything, reincarnation is that reality that we are going to be here and the death is not the final end. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and by the way, I love the book, The Gift of Past Lives uh, with Mother Isabella and, and uh, God and Elizabeth. I think it, it's a fantastic book. Uh, Michelle sent it to me and uh, just uh, a lovely read. Uh, it, it, it really opens a lot of eyes to a lot of folks who might be in the bubble of believing or not believing. Uh, I myself am a believer in past lives because of that. Uh, not because of the book itself, but because of stories I've heard and the book just kind of reaffirms a lot of the things I've, I've read and researched over the last decade that I've been doing radio and, uh, talking to a lot of folks like yourself who have had experiences and have written about it. And there's always a, a few things that when you, talk to as many people that um, write about the subject who've had experiences, there's always a connection that they all have, and you folks have hit almost on every single one of the connections almost to a T uh, with a lot of the, the, the really, really credible sources that I've spoken to over the years. Uh, and I'm sure you, you're not familiar with any of them, but uh, you know the, the fact is that it's almost universal, the, the language of love, which we know that's universal. We know that it's universal to care for each other. These things are universally known, not practiced by everybody, but it's universally known. But the key aspect of what we talked about, the way the afterlife works, 
that, you know, we come back, sometimes it's husbands, wives, sons, daughters, friends, mm-hmm. uh, but we all come back to interact with our knit group. It's something that I've also have heard from other people, and uh, that makes perfect sense to me because there's that that's that balance that people have in, within, I guess, their community and their and their souls, and it explains a lot. I mean, the the world is not just this world, but, I mean, if we have life in the cosmos, which I also believe in, Maybe we're not just experiencing life on Earth. Do you think that's possible? Maybe we experience also on other planets? I'm going to say, Joe, that that's not part of our experience. Again, the probabilities that, of course, this is an immense universe, so the probability that there's life somewhere else is possible. However, again, if you look at all the research as much as you can, it looks as if... Cross-species reincarnation is really unlikely that the conscious stream joins the human form and follows the human form and that we really don't reincarnate as animals or as we don't reincarnate as somebody from another planet. Um, that's what the research shows. Now, the research, of course, is based on Earth, so right. um, so we're, we're limited, but the, the research and our experience, my first life was 6,000 years ago, and it wasn't on another planet, and I've never had a life on another planet. And um, so that's not part of our experience, and that's not part of the experience that Isabella says uh, that we have. Actually, when he asked Isabella if there were life on other planets, she said Mm -hmm. her response was, not yet. Wow, so we could be the, the ones that seed the universe. Well, if we ever get done here... We have to clean this all up first. Well, yeah, well, when we say we get done here, hopefully in a positive way, because it's not looking too good right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, and, and, and Angel, that's another important little point here. You know, we, we keep telling everybody they've got to treat the planet right, treat our environment right, because we're leaving this to our children. Yeah. In reality, if, you, if reincarnation exists, you're live, leaving this world to yourself. Correct. If we yeah. don't take care of this world, there's not going to be any place left for us to return to. Well, maybe that's why science is so uh, in a hurry to find other habitable, pl- habitable planets out there because they, they smell what's coming and it's not good cooking. It's, it might, yeah, I, there's a lot of evildoers in the world, unfortunately. Yeah. Supposedly, we still have some 13 billion years here, so we've got a way of <laughs> ways to work on it. And the way you're aging, you're going you're to look great, by the way, in 13 billion years. You're going to look fantastic. <laughs> Angel, we don't like to say good and evil. We like to say positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's, oh, yeah. It just it sounds more productive with more potential. <laughs> it, 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 is it kind of like the yin and yang effect? Uh, almost like a, like a, you know, light and dark, good and evil, positive and negative? Well, actually, yin and yang is two people being able, two opposite people working together. Good and evil doesn't usually work well together, <laughs> but they could. There's yeah. potential. Oh, Angel, I just wanted to say one other thing, too, as we're getting close. Yes. We have actually met angels, too. So there are both angels and spirit guides. Some people like to think spirit guides are like a you know, guardian angel, but there are actually angels. So it's nice to know that there are angels up in heaven 
and there's at least one angel that we're talking to tonight on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I truly believe that, and I had an experience in 2016 uh, after my mother passed, which I'm going to share with you uh, before we, we leave. Uh, it's a brief story. Um, right after my mother died, her name was Irma, I-R-M-A. Uh, there was a hurricane that passed by a few months later called Hurricane Irma, same as my mother. And you guys might remember that on 2016. Those who are watching and, and listening, you might remember the hurricane also. And all my friends were, like, super worried because I'm in Florida, down south. The hurricane was passing right by us. And all my friends in the uh, local area were calling me saying, you got to get out of the house. It's going to go right through your house and destroy it. And I was like, how wicked would God have to be to take my mother named Irma from me in 2016 and then destroy my life further and take my house and take my and take everything with a hurricane named Irma in the same year. There's no way that's happening. And I and I said, my karma cannot be that bad. You guys go on without me. Sure enough, they went without me. They all left, uh, you know, South Florida to go further north. And uh, a few days later, I had a call from a few of them saying, we're stuck in our roof and our, our house is flooded. And I'm oh. like, oh, really? I have full power and nothing happened in my neighborhood. <laughs> Go figure. And then funny after that, about two weeks later, I kid you not, I had a power outlet that blew up in my computer room in my old house, which I have since sold since last year. But um, the power outlet literally like blew up, and I have pictures of, the, of this. I had to call fire department and everything. I was on my way home. I go in. I smell smoke, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? I rushed into the computer room, and around the outlet, there was a ring of fire that exploded. The fire outlet was right under the TV, right next to the wall, with posters and all kinds of stuff on the wall, and, you know, uh, picture frames and whatnot. Something that's easily, you know, flammable. Nothing else blew up, not even the TV. The power outlet left the ring around, it, it melted the power outlet. You see, you're like, how did your house not burn down? The the people that came over the fire department said we've had fires started with a cigarette worse than you know than what happened here, and yours looks like it, this thing blew up on, on the bottom of the TV. The TV still works, computer works, everything works fine. How did how is that even possible? And I said I think my mother might be looking out for me because that's the only thing I can equate to because my luck has never been that good. And now all of a sudden two things and. Look at that. I, I overcame them without problems because uh, somebody's uh, keeping an eye. And I, I think my mom is my uh, guardian uh, from on, from the other side. And uh, I, I do believe that. I feel her presence all the time. You almost scare me more now than I did when she was still here with me. Because, you know, when you're at work, you don't see them all day. And, you know, you would get a call once in a while. Hey, son, how you doing? Uh, oh, you know, you'd go by and you see them. That's when you get the interaction. But now it's like I constantly feel her presence, and she's not here with me physically. So it, it gives me that resurgence and, and reassurance that you know that there is something after this. And again, I love the book. I know we're only a couple minutes before we got to go. The next one coming out, I also want to get and read and go into. That's coming soon, right? It's uh, the. Oh, it's already out there. Hell No Reincarnation. That's out already? Hell No Reincarnation. Yep. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So now i got to get on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
I gotta get to that one. We have to have you back once I read it. Uh, is there gonna be a, a third book or more books following up? And I also want to get off the website, uh, but is there gonna be other books coming up uh, in the near future? Two more. Two, Two more, more coming out next year. Two more are finished coming out after probably March. Oh. I guess I'm going to have to have you on more often. <laughs> you, you two are lovely, lovely people to talk to. And, uh, like, again, I, I love the, the first book, and uh, I'm, I'm still, like, not completely done with it. Uh, so I'm going to keep reading it until it's over with. And I want to have you folks back on. The website is thegiftofpositives.com. Um, Okay, oh, past, uh, yeah, I read it wrong. The Gifts of Past Lives, I read positive for some reason. The Gift of Past Lives dot com. Uh, that's the direct link. If anybody wants to uh, purchase the book, I'm sure it's on Amazon and all the usual places. Uh, now, can people contact you directly for any, um, you know, seminars you want to be putting together or any, uh, thing you want to promote? Uh, I know right now we're in, on COVID, so doing events and stuff is not here, not going to happen in person, but maybe something online you, you might be uh, working on? They can contact us through the website. There's a contact spot there, too. Excellent. Uh, Dave, uh, Carla, thank you so much for being here for the hour. And uh, we're going to have you back on as soon as I'm done with uh, the book. And I start reading the new, the other one, Hell, uh, Hell No, Reincarnation. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I definitely want to dig into that because I don't believe in hell either. That's part of what made me agnostic. I do, I do think there's an afterlife. I do think there is a spiritual guide and I do think there is a heavenly dividing, uh, divining, uh, being that controls everything. But I don't think hell exists. I, I think we're meant to come here for trials and tribulations. And once we, yeah. we leave, we leave and then we come back if we're lucky enough. Or like you said, maybe it's a cycle that we just have to repeat over and over again with our, uh, you know, soulmates or loved ones from the afterlife. Either way, it's a, it's a beautiful story if it's all true. That's, you know, that's the best part of it. And it's all love. Angel, if you get a chance and you get onto our website, we actually did a YouTube video all about hell. It, and you can access it from our um, our website. Again, the website is thegiftofpastlives.com. Dot com, yes. Yep. Very important. Angel, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for the, having us. No, the pleasure has been all mine. It really has. And thank you so much for being here with me tonight. And, uh, and please do me one favor before I let you two go. Just one favor. That's all I want. Stay safe, stay sound, stay healthy, and live long and prosper. You too. You too. Learn every lesson you're supposed to, Angel. I will definitely try. You guys, you both of you are just lovely human beings, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Good night. Take care. Night. Folks, that has been uh, the show for the evening. Uh, this is Inside the Jackal's Head. And uh, now we have Kaiser Talk Radio coming back uh, live uh, with a lot of uh, good stuff. So let's get Kaiser on and let's uh, get going here for the evening. And uh, please join me on Thursday. We have a, another uh, great show for you guys. Reincarnation, is it real? Past lives, are they real? Well, we will decide for ourselves one way or another once we pass away. But if we can stay alive as long as possible, do that. Live long and prosper, my friends. All of you, stay safe, stay sound. We'll be back on Thursday night with more Inside the Jackal's Head. Thank you.